Welcome to another edition of Nebraska Gems. With our in-depth interviews, we reveal the qualities that make the people that came from the good life who they are. In the stories you are about to hear, you'll get an understanding of why there is no place like Nebraska. And now, here's Tom Stevens. Today's guest is a true Nebraska gem. He has been the CEO and the face of the Lincoln Children's Zoo for 35 years, since 1986. The Children's Zoo draws 350,000 visitors annually. It is the largest tourist attraction in the city, the second largest in the state. He's a graduate of Indiana University in South Bend with a degree in public and environmental affairs. He's currently on the Nebraska Tourism Commission. He's been a part of the Institute of Museums and Library Services, the Nebraska Museums Association. He was the nonprofit executive of the year in 2000. We are honored to have the director of the Lincoln Children's Zoo, John Chapo. John, hi, how are you? Very well, my friend. Very, very well. Thank you for asking, Tom. Did I did I get all that right? Did I get <laughs> yeah. everything? What what else should have I included in the, in your it's, resume? You know, it's you know when you're 65 years old, there's just a couple things you can mention. You know, you have stepped down as the the leader of the zoo after 35 years. Right. What made you come to that decision? You know, I had some major goals for the zoo. I wanted the zoo to be nationally recognized, have the best animal welfare around, to be extremely financially successful, to be be financially sound, to have some great conservation programs. I knew that was going to take 10 years or so. And so I started that process 10 years ago. And, and we have accomplished so much with the great team that is here at the Lincoln Children's Zoo that it was like, okay, let's have the next generation of young talent take it over Tom. that's that's really what it came down to is you know i've had a heck of a ride let somebody else have a great ride now does it make you a little sad though <laughs> that that you're you're a president emeritus which is emeritus which is cool uh but you're no longer the leader of the zoo oh nope nope you know and 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 that's fine that's okay. But the good thing is all these youngsters here at the zoo still give me some respect and still let me go around <laughs> the zoo, okay? And, and so it, it, I have the best of both worlds. I get to be here every day. I don't put in 60, 70-hour weeks like I used to. I put in 40-hour weeks right now. Uh, there's younger, smarter people taking care of all the details here at the zoo. So I feel very, very fortunate that I get to still be a part of the zoo. That I get to, I get to, I get got to give my baby away. Okay, shall we yeah. say? And I'm just having fun. You know, I'm doing all yeah. the fun stuff now. And who can complain yeah. about that, Tom? <laughs> well, I guess you can't. Uh, no. Now that you put it that way, the the new John Chapo is Evan Colleen, yep. and he takes over. He took over January first. Yep. How is that transition going? It was it was actually in the making for like 10 years, right? Exactly, Tom. You know, we've known each other for so long and worked shoulder to shoulder, side by side for so long that it was just a matter of, okay, you know, it's going wonderfully. It's going very, very smoothly. He's a great guy. He's a heck of a hard worker. He's smart. He's talented. And so it's just a, a wonderful transition. He's been running the zoo really for all these years. Okay. He's been the guy in the trenches and it's just time to give him the title and the respect uh, that I, I got to have all those years. So it, it's yeah. run. It's, it's We're having a blast. It's going very, very well. Some people say my life is a zoo. Well, your life really is a zoo. It's been for 35 years. You have, at times, as you said, you're working 70 hours a week. Sometimes you're living in a zoo. Oh, what absolutely. was that like? 
you know, and, and you can go back even further. I started volunteering in my hometown zoo in South Bend, Indiana when I was 15. And if yeah. you do quick math on that, was 50 years ago. <laughs> I, I, Tom, I'm just a geek. I knew in sixth grade I wanted to be a zoo guy. Okay. And really, and I got I got to be involved with the zoo at an early age. I was a volunteer at 15 at the zoo, a concession kid at the zoo at 16, a zookeeper, part-time zookeeper at 18, full-time zookeeper at 20, educator, assistant director, director, all in South Bend, Indiana. Then I came to uh, wonderful Lincoln, Nebraska in 1986. Were there at times in your life, and I imagine there probably still are, where you feel like I, I I know these animals better than the people that I'm working with in some cases. I mean, I do you, do you ever feel like you know what the animals are thinking? When you've been doing it for 50 years, there's a lot of intuition regarding and and zoo people are very observant people. We observe behavior because an animal can't tell you I don't feel well or there's right. an issue going on in my life. So you've got to watch their movements, their behavior, their diets, how they're feeling because they don't say Hey, John, my stomach's bothering me. Hey, I'm going to have a baby. <laughs> so you've got to be smarter. And so it's just, I feel very lucky that, you know, I've been able to watch the animals and, and share my insights with the team that's going, you know, I kind of feel this is what's going on. So, yeah, yeah. Do, do you talk to the animals? <laughs> I talk to myself probably more than, I, more than I talk to the animals, <laughs> you know. But And, you know, I literally lived in the zoo uh, when I was snowed in back in Indiana for a week, back in a big blizzard. And slept in the barns with the animals and things like that and it's just really you know that at all that sounds a little weird john that you're sleeping with the animals but i guess that makes sense you're a zookeeper it kind of goes with the gig you know we we actually have uh, some portable beds here at the zoo for the zookeepers because when you're hand raising a baby monkey uh that has to be fed every two hours and you want that baby monkey close to mom if mom can't feed the baby because she's got mastitis or a health issue but you want that baby close to mom, you literally have a mattress here at the zoo and you sleep on the mattress and take care of the animals. So the zoo folks here are extremely dedicated. That's just what zoo people do. They they they, they give their lives for their animals. They're, they're phenomenally dedicated people. Was there a time in your career where you missed that transition because you were doing all that hands-on stuff and sleeping with the animals to more of an executive role? Did you miss that for a while? Oh, heck yeah. I mean, and, and you know, when I became the assistant director back in Indiana, I was totally taken away from anything animal. It, it was all events and zoo management and finance and, and those, those sorts of things. And, but I said, I'm going to do it because I can help effect change. I can help make things better for the animals. And I can help do it better for our guests and the animals. And that's always been my driver. I came here and uh, discovered what the zoo's mission is, is connecting kids with wildlife from yeah. around the world. And, and that's why I get up in the morning. But do I miss the animals? And that's part of the reason I stayed in Lincoln, because the Lincoln Children's Zoo is an embraceable zoo. I can see the entire zoo every day. I, I know the zookeepers. I, I know the animals. You know, when you go to these great big institutions where there's 400 employees and 5,000 animals, it's so easy to get disconnected. That's why it's, I feel I've got the best gig around. I get to know the people, get to know the animals, get to know what's going on. It's a lot of fun. So, yeah, I may not be scooping it every day, Tom. 
uh, <laughs> you know, but I can still get out there and, and see how they're yeah. doing. I can go out and check those baby giraffes when I'm done talking to you. Okay. <laughs> do you think, do you think that's made you a better executive having such a close relationship with the animals? Absolutely. Because when you have a close relationship with the animals, you have a close relationship with the great people who take care of those animals. You know them on a first name basis, you know, the animals. And I guarantee you, because I was a zookeeper, I've, it really empowered me to better understand animals. It's interesting. A lot of us old time guys and gals who are zoo directors in our 60s like this, we, a lot of us started at the bottom. Okay. We started scooping. Right. We've spent our yeah. years, you know, growing up. And so we have a lot of intuition, a lot of, not, a lot, a lot of that inside knowledge of, of how zoo operates and critters are. You mentioned your relationship with your employees, but also the volunteers uh, that have come through there Ooh. over the years. If you grew up in Lincoln, you visited the Lincoln Children's Zoo at a very, very young age and in many cases worked there. I would imagine you've developed, you're an educator, you've developed a relationship with the kids that have worked there. And it's almost like a family thing because you see them grow up in front of your eyes. It, it is it is so fun. You, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, kids are coming back, bringing their kids. You know, I got a great letter from a young man who said, John, you sat me down 10 years ago and we chatted and you, you told me, we talked about dinosaurs. We talked about animals on the planet and things like that, what I could do to help him. Now he's working on his master's degree in environmental studies in Montana, and he wants to become an advocate in D.C. for conservation and for wildlife. And it's because of the conversations and the relationship we've had over these 10 years. And so I feel so blessed. And I live vicariously through other people. Sure. Like the zoo school has launched physicists, veterinarians, ecological farmers, all kinds of people have grown up through our programs here at the zoo, mm -hmm. who have been co-workers who have moved on. I've got a fellow co-worker who went on to become a zoo director. All kinds of people have blossomed here at the zoo. And I can't keep track of all the hundreds and hundreds of co-workers, volunteers, students, you know, who have come through, come through these right. gates and had a great time. I'm a very, I'm a really lucky guy that I've been so many wonderful people. Well, it, it's become a wonderful, I mean, it's always been a wonderful zoo, but it's become even better. During the last few years, the zoo has gone a major expansion and renovation, kind of doubled your footprint yeah. there at 27th and A. Yeah. Your yearly budget has gone from like $2 million a year to $6 million a year. <laughs> you brought in giraffes and tigers and spider monkeys and cheetahs and so many great surprises for the kids who maybe haven't been there yep. for a while and now become adults. Are you amazed at the growth of the zoo over the last 35 years? Oh, my God. I am. You know, when I came here, I saw this quaint little zoo that had some potential. But what I didn't realize when I came here was the love the community has for its zoo. I mean, this is a very unique zoo. This zoo was totally founded by the community. There was a visionary man called Arnett Folsom who rallied community leaders and who rallied the community. I mean, Mr. Folsom gave the first $5,000. And when you're talking 1959, $5,000, you know, okay. what it would be today would probably be equivalent to a quarter of a million dollars or something like that. And he was a dreamer. He was the visionary. It's my understanding when Mr. Folsom walked down the street, you ran to the other side because he was going to twist your arm for a donation to build that children's zoo. And what he did is he rallied the community. And when I came here in 1986, when I was back in South Bend, Indiana as the zoo director, I'd go out and visit with groups and go, 
hey, who's been to the Potawatomi Zoo lately? That was the zoo I was running. And maybe a third or fourth of the hands in the room would go up. Hey, I've been to the zoo. I came to Lincoln, Nebraska, started visiting with groups. And I say, hey, who's been to the Lincoln Children's Zoo lately? Or back then it was the Folsom Children's Zoo. Every hand in the room would go up. People have loved their zoo. They volunteered. They donated. They cared. They passed on the word. They visited the zoo. And so that's what's made this strong, the zoo so strong, is its community. And that's why community stepped up and they said, the zoo's a great place. Let's take it to the next level. And the, and the community, we raised over $25 million to double the zoo and make it all happen. When you said, did I think, did I think that, you know, between this one, this campaign, the previous campaign and other, that we would have such a, a zoo grow and evolve so much with our programs, our facilities, our animals, is beyond the dreams that I had back in 1986. Well, it's an incredible zoo. One of the things I think about, because uh, I couldn't wait to get in the zoo as a kid, you know, and you would run to something, your favorite animal, your favorite giraffe or monkey, or you wanted to go see the snakes or wherever. A lot of times for me as a kid, I couldn't run fast enough to get to Leo the lion <laughs> to feed that kid. I wanted to feed him trash. Is is that crazy? To, it's like the, the Christmas gifts you get. You get all these great Christmas gifts and the kid plays in a box. Right. For me, is Leo still popular? Leo has never lost his popularity. You know, it's Feed me paper, boys and girls. <laughs> and, and hey, let me give you a quiz real quick. Do you know who Leo's yeah. voice is? Uh, I think it's Scott Larson. It's Scott Young. It's Scott Young, yeah. yeah. It, yeah it is Scott, Scott Young. Young. Scott donated his voice many, many years ago. And we recently digitized his voice so we can never lose Leo's voice because Leo is a zoo icon. Leo opened the zoo in 1965. You know, I've rebuilt Leo, I don't know how many times over my my 35 right. plus years here. Okay. He's he's been remodeled and repainted and refixed up. Matter of fact, he needs another fix-up job. He needs another facelift <laughs> right now, to be honest <laughs> with you. He's an icon. And and no, I, it's not odd at all, Tom, that you still remember him from when you were knee high to caterpillar. Yeah. We all celebrated our birthdays there. Yep. I mean, was, where do you want to go? It's the children's zoo. I mean, you pick your favorite restaurant, but we always started the day at the zoo and right. finished it somewhere down the road. But that's got to make you feel proud. You mentioned the support of the zoo, but you're a big part of that for creating that support. Oh, you, you got to take I'm, a bow. I, I'm, I'm just a lucky guy. I'm a lucky guy who's associated with a great institution in Lincoln. And people go, you know, and when I go around town, people are just so excited to talk to me and go, how are the animals doing? Because they care. You know, I'm lucky. I, I've been lucky that a lot of people have said, you know, that people have written seven-digit checks. And I'm not talking any decimal on that. Just support the Lincoln Children's Zoo. And they hand me this check, this million-dollar check. It's like, my gosh, this is fun. You didn't have yeah. to give me anything. So I am the lucky guy who has ridden this wild horse these couple, these many years and had just a, a heck of a lot of fun doing it. I've been very blessed, Tom. The sad news is you don't get any part of that check. It doesn't go to you. It goes to the zoo. Uh, Boo at the Zoo, John, has become a huge event for Lincoln. It's uh, it's a fun, safe yep. way for yep. families to trick-or-treat, 40-plus stations. Yep. Uh, when did that start? How did that evolve? You know, honestly, what's really interesting about that is it started out as Halloween hullabaloo back in the okay. back in the 70s. 
Remember when there were candy scares when bad people were putting needles and sure. razor blades and candy and apples to yeah. trick-or-treaters? Well, the, several groups in Lincoln said, we need a great, guaranteed, safe place for kids to go trick-or-treating. And so they actually approached the zoo because they knew we can control the crowds. It was a great place. We had parking. We could decorate the zoo. So a group of folks said, let's do Halloween Hullabaloo, the Lincoln Children's Zoo. And I'm talking back in the 70s time. I'm talking, you know, 50 yeah. years of Halloweening at the zoo. And it's just grown and evolved. And today, so many people don't know their neighbors and they don't go trick-or-treating in their neighborhood. So they're guaranteed now a great, safe trick-or-treating opportunity here at the Lincoln Children's Zoo. And again, we've got great community support. Like you said, those, those 40 stations, they're sponsored by everything from businesses and service clubs, church groups. You know, they, they bring the goodies, they, they decorate, they bring the, the volunteers every night for five nights is a major commitment. So hundreds and hundreds of people make Boo at the zoo, a reality. Yes, there's a team here, but then all these volunteers come in. So it's become probably the largest Halloween celebration in eastern Nebraska. Well, and it's so much fun. Uh, the radio stations get a host and all, oh. the, all the guys uh, dressed up. I've been at Boo at the Zoo dressed up. Uh, yep. I can't even remember some of the costumes, but I know I was a fireman one year and was never needed for that service. But you have been known to put on a costume or two. What's your favorite costume for Boo at the Zoo? <laughs> it's the only costume. It started in 1986. Uh, somebody said, you know, I got here in April of 86 and they said, well, you got to get ready for the Halloween event in October. I'm going, what do you mean I got to get ready for the Halloween event? They said, well, everybody gets in costume. I was an adult. I had no costume. What do you mean? I need a costume. You need a costume. And so I, I picked up a National Geographic magazine, and I think it was covering Mardi Gras. And here was this guy dressed like a wizard. And I said, huh, why not? I could be a wizard. Okay. Yeah. And back then, back in 86, I had to paint my black beard gray. I had to right. paint in the wrinkles on my young face, you know. Yeah. Now the wrinkles and the gray beard are all free. Uh, so yeah. I, th I throw on my wig and I have been the wizard at the zoo every year since 1986. We did have one year that, that we got snowed out. Remember uh, what 20, right. 20 some years ago when we canceled when Halloween and everything got canceled because of all the damage. But uh, other than that, I have been the wizard. People go, are you Dumbledore? Are you Harry Potter? I'm going, you know, are you Lord of the Rings? I'm going, I'm, they're all kids. I've been doing it longer than those shows have been around. <laughs> I knew you were the wizard. I didn't know you were the wizard every single year. Every year. Uh, I, I, oh, I, what's really fun, what's really cool is I've got people coming up when they were two and three and four, had their picture taken with me when they were kids yeah. with the wizard. Now they're bringing their two and three and four year old. Yeah. And so it's the yeah. next generation of kids. It's, 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 and the kids are so cute. I mean, every year they, they, it seems like they get cuter. They, the you're kids are amazing. Right. I, I'm really curious this year, what's going to be the costume because there haven't been any big major movies this year. Right. You know, usually if there's a major movie, you know, Iron Man or well, all the Harry Potter movies. Oh, yeah, we we have a lot of Hermione's, a lot of Harry's, and yeah, yeah. so it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that'll be interesting. That's a good. Well, I'll save your prediction till the end of the broadcast. What will be the number one Halloween costume uh, this year? Um, I know this story. I know you've been to Africa, and I want to talk about how many times you've been to Africa. But is it true that you turned your wife down for a job at the zoo? <laughs> 
Oh, that famous story. When I was the assistant director back of the Potawatomi Zoo in South Bend, Indiana, right. 39 years ago, this resume came across my desk of this young lady who had just graduated with her degree in exotic animal management and training. And I wanted to hire, I said, this is the kind of person we need on the, as a zookeeper here at the Potawatomi Zoo. So I, I was the assistant director, went to the director. I said, we need to hire this young lady. She's got all the credentials. We need the education, the experience. He said, no, call her up and tell her, sorry, we don't have any money. So I called her up and said, Ms. Benton, we'd love to hire you. You've got all the credentials. You're a great qualified person. Sorry, we can't do it. I wish you well. Well, yeah. She she had applied to 10 small Midwestern zoos, including the zoo in South Bend, including the one here in Lincoln. And she landed a job here in Lincoln instead of the one in South Bend. Three years later, I come to Lincoln. And on the first day, I'm walking around this new, as the new director, seeing everything. This young lady walks up to me and looks down at me because she stands four inches taller than I do. And she <laughs> says, you don't remember me, but you turned me down for a job three years ago. I said, no. I do remember you. I wanted to hire you. Less than two years later, we were married. She's wow. She for, she forgave me. Obviously, um, next year we'll be celebrating thirty five years. We've got three awesome sons uh, who are grown men now. They're twenty eight, twenty nine, and thirty. Again, that's why I stay in Lincoln. Lincoln is home. I've been a Lincoln. I've been a Husker longer than I was a Hoosier. Lincoln is home. We've been able to create our own family and friends here and. So, yep, I turned Tracy Lynn Benton down for a job. Now she's Tracy Lynn Chapo for almost 35 years. Well, talk about Tracy Lynn Chapo because you've had to live at the zoo for 35 years. And I imagine that takes a partner who's willing to experience that. Sometimes wives like their men at home. The, 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 the awesome thing is, you know, when she was uh, about 19, 20 years old, she ran a little zoo up in North, up in North Dakota. So she ran a zoo and she took care of the animals. Then she got got her degree in exotic animal training. Then she was a zookeeper here. So one zoo person married another zoo person. And that's the wonderful thing is she knows what I go through. She understands the emotions and the work and the happies, the ups and downs, the happies, the sads. Okay. Mm -hmm. So as a zoo person herself, like she says, you know, the zoo was mine before he came to Lincoln. (laughs) And, And she's right. And, you know, she was a zoo. I married a zookeeper. She was a zookeeper when I married her. And we knew that we'd, she'd hang up her shovel when we got in the family way. She finished her, her teaching degree and then stayed home and raised three great boys. And when they were going to elementary school, she's been teaching now 20, oh, gosh, 23, 24 years. Well, that's got a, that's a great partnership. And it is. You and your partner have gone to Africa many, many times. Why do you enjoy going to Africa so often? I mean, I know part of it's your job. I've been to Africa eight times, India two times, South America, I don't know how many times, and been to Galapagos Islands. And it's, I never thought I'd be a world traveler, but seeing the animals and going to those natural places and, and seeing those habitats. I love Africa because I get to go to the Ngorogoro Crater in the Serengeti. The Ngorogoro Crater in Tanzania is known as the Garden of Eden because it is such a remarkable, it's a extinct volcano. It's a caldera. And it's about the size of, you can put Lincoln inside of, of the Ngorogoro Crater. And when you get to see this wildlife, I was hiking the mountains of Rwanda a couple of years ago, and we watching the gorillas. And I'm there with a the group of travelers, and we're watching, getting real close to the gorillas. And we're, we're, we're crouched down watching this big male gorilla feeding about 25, 
30 feet away from us. One of the babies in the group was climbing and pulling on the shirt sleeve uh, of right. one of my travelers. And one of the babies made a sound and dad launched himself. I had a, a guy and I had to move sideways so that, that the male gorilla could literally jump over us. Okay, to get to wow. Yeah, I mean, so it's just when you get immersed in those kinds of places and the sounds and the smells and the beauty. When I was a little kid, I Africa, you know, all those video, all those TV shows, those documentaries of Africa, my mom and I always watched. And I never thought that. And I got to take my wife to Africa. I got to take my mom to Africa two times before she passed away. And um, yeah, I'm just a lucky, lucky guy. I had elephants charged. I've you know, had lion cubs underneath the Jeep and things like that. It's been a wild wow. life. We'll be back with more right after this. For all of your concrete needs, call Kramer Concrete at 402-560-0670. Do you have a cracked driveway or sidewalk? Are you in need of an egress window or an awesome looking new patio with stamped concrete? If so, call Tim Kramer at 402-560-0670 to get a free estimate. With over 20 years of experience, the Kramer Concrete staff specializes in concrete replacement, egress windows, and concrete patio designs. Kramer Concrete is the low-cost solution to all of your concrete problems. Call Tim today at 402-560-0670. Every Sunday evening from 5 to 7 on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Tune in for the Husker Rewind with myself, Mike Melby, and my co-host, Tom Stevens. We'll have all of the latest on the Huskers, plus other happenings going on in the sports world. That's the Husker Rewind. Sunday evenings from 5 to 7 on 93.7 The Ticket. Thank you for listening to another edition of Nebraska Gems. We hope you're enjoying the episode. Don't forget to check out our latest feature, Quick Gems, where our guests share a few shorter stories that we think you'll find entertaining. You can find those and all of our episodes at NebraskaGems.com. And now back for more great stories on this episode of Nebraska Gems. Do you have a favorite animal to either watch or be around? My nickname as a kid was Turtle John. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> I always had, always had turtles. Uh, so turtles and tortoises have always amazed me. And we, when we finally got Galapagos tortoises here at the zoo 12 years ago, I was really, really excited. They were little hatchlings the size of softballs. Now they're 70 plus pounds a piece. Uh, they're just growing and growing. They'll live another 100 plus years. Uh, elephants, I've always amazed at elephants and what they are. And so I can watch elephants in the wild forever or Galapagos mm -hmm. tortoises on, on their islands march around something about those creatures but again i've been involved with so many different species every one like you know we only got giraffe here back in, in uh 2018 is when the first giraffe walked into the zoo right. and those long necks have captured my heart they really are phenomenal creatures i mean when you get to stand level three feet away from an adult male giraffe and just keep bending your neck back to look up at joey it's just like oh my god he's a dinosaur this this thing is like standing next to an apatosaurus you know are they lovable i guess i don't know a lot about giraffes are they they tend to be like a dog or something like that well you know they're a wild animal they're smart but they get to know uh the, the zookeepers well and they get to recognize some people and ours eat out of your hands and i've been lucky enough the zookeeper said john you want to feed the baby giraffe and i got the hold the bottle and feed the baby giraffe that the mom didn't take yeah. care of. And when you're bottle feeding a baby giraffe who's starting eight feet tall, it's really pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know? you got a, you've got an awesome job. I do. It, you've made 
you've made a lot of radio and TV appearances. You've been on my radio show many times. Thank you for that. Oh, I'll go like... on 1011 or the local networks and hold the monkey or the, whatever <laughs> uh, the animal happens to be that day. We all remember some of the Carson episodes. When, oh, yeah. uh, you know, we'd have Jim from Wild Kingdom on and yep. the animal would do something crazy or maybe pee on them or something like that. What's the craziest experience you ever had on radio or TV with an animal? Well, I can, one of my very first interviews, long, long, long time ago, I was doing a live radio broadcast at the zoo. This was back in Indiana. And I was sitting there with, then we called them DJs, disc jockeys, okay? Now they're yes. air personalities or whatever. Right. But I was, right. Sitting, I was sitting there and we were talking about the zoo. And I had told the zoo, because I was the assistant director, I said, hey, go up there, you know, bring one of those animals down so we can talk about it on air. Well, that zookeeper walked up with a boa constrictor in his hands. And the boa, he came getting closer and we're standing right next to me because we're going to talk about the boa constrictor. The ra I didn't tell the radio guy what animal was going to show up. What I didn't realize was the radio guy was dreadfully afraid of snakes. He looked sure. at the snake and literally froze. He didn't move. <laughs> he didn't utter a word. I'm, I'm sitting there talking to him and all of a sudden he's saying nothing. It's dead air. And you know, I'm, I'm in my twenties. I'm not that experienced doing zoo, you know, doing radio and TV yet. Right. He's just sitting there and I'm trying to figure out what the problem is. And, but I keep talking about all oh, this boa constrictor way at the zoo and oh, this is what he feeds on. And then I realized that he was afraid of the snake. So I was kind of, at the same time, I'm doing this live discussion. I'm pointing the zookeeper to get the heck away. Okay, get the, take the snake right, away. Right. So for about four or five minutes, I was doing this monologue. And four or five minutes on the radio by yourself when you don't know what you're doing is really, really scary. So I had to do get, get that one away. I've been bitten on live TV uh, by uh, You've been a, little, a little crocodile that drew blood. Um, and let's just <laughs> move my hand out of the view and let drip blood on the floor while I have this out the crocodile in the other hand. Um, yeah. Well, you've got both hands. Yeah, you got exactly. Hands. Yeah. You know, yeah, so you're... I've had lots of wild stories over the years. And we mentioned that the Children's Zoo draws 350,000 people annually. That's incredible. It makes the zoo the largest tourism attraction in the city, the second largest in the state. How much work has it taken to make that happen? Oh, my God. The amount of work that this team has put into it. You know, the volunteers to raise the money to make it all happen, the donations to make it all happen, and now to annually raise the budget to earn the revenue and the contributions to make it all happen. We've got, you know, when I walked in here back in 1986, there were about seven of us full time. Now there's like at least 42 of us plus 120 part-timers. It is a huge bunch of coworkers that just make it happen. The logistics of juggling everything is just phenomenal from ordering the food, veterinary medicine, serving the guests. There are so many different software programs at the zoo that I don't know how to understand, you know, from gate yeah. to financial right. management. People don't realize how complex this organization and this institution is when it comes to animal welfare, when it comes to scientific research that we also conduct here, the conservation work we do here, the education programs, uh, the financial management, the horticulture. I mean, our horticultural collection is larger and more diverse than our animal collection. And then we talk about all the all the facilities, all the heating and the cooling. Then you got to keep it all open. You got to keep the sidewalks clean. You got to keep it all happening. The logistics 
logistics are just mind-boggling, but they're a lot of fun. And again, the team here works so well together. They just, they're magical. They're a bunch of wizards here besides me. You're president emeritus now. You're no longer the regular zookeeper on a daily basis. Right. You're going to do this for two years and then move on to something else. Are you getting a little emotional about that? Well, the Lincoln Children's Zoo is my baby. I've loved this zoo. Uh, I, you know what? When I got here in 86, I was only going to be in Lincoln a couple, three years and get the heck out of Lincoln because who the heck wants to live, live in Lincoln, Nebraska? I mean, it's Lincoln, right. Nebraska. I'm from the big city of South Bend, Indiana, you know, and I had to look <laughs> on the map and figure out where the heck Nebraska was. I loaded up the, a buddy of mine and I loaded up the U-Haul truck and headed west. I'm going, gosh, Iowa's wide. Am I ever mm-hmm. going to get to Lincoln, Nebraska? You know? right. And uh, But Lincoln is home. Uh, yes, this is my baby, Lincoln Children's Zoo, but it's in great hands. It's in a great community. It's got a great future. Um, just like your children, when you have children, I've got three awesome sons because you love them. You got to let them go. Oh, yeah. that hurts. Okay. <laughs> but they're, they're awesome men doing awesome things, being very happy men. That's why I went for the zoo. I wanted to keep growing, keep going, keep serving our awesome community. You know, it's, yeah, it's going to hurt, but, but it's, it's a happy hurt. It's a happy hurt. Yeah. Uh, we, we mentioned that you're on the Nebraska Tourism Commission, and some people don't automatically think of Nebraska tourism going hand in hand. What are the challenges for Nebraska tourism going forward that you see? Well, that's that's a smart question because every time you open up a magazine, a travel magazine, well, Colorado's got its mountains, California's got its beach. But what people don't realize, we've always been a, a flyover state mm-hmm. or drive through to get to Colorado because you're going to go skiing and, and enjoy the mountains. The Probably the biggest, the, there's a couple of challenges is, is that awareness is getting that awareness on. We've been working really aggressively on that. Uh, when we when we started our campaign several years ago, we were the 50th state most visited. Now we're like the 45th, and so we're 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 we're, we're ramping that up regarding attention. It's a little self-deprecating. We say, well, really, Nebraska is not for everybody. Well, it's not. We don't have Disneyland. If you're a Disneyland person who's got to spend a week at Disneyland, coming to Nebraska may not be your thing. But if you right. want fresh air. If you want some great wild experiences, some great hiking, some great biking, Metropolitan, Omaha and Lincoln, we've got Metropolitan, we've got rivers, we've got kayaking, we've got tanking, we've got tubing, we've got horseback riding, all these, we've got some great world-class golf courses. Nebraska has so much, it's just getting the word out. And you know what? We don't have a big budget. Tourism does not have a big budget. The senators provide our budget and the governor, and we understand they've got priorities. Every year they keep giving us a little bit more money, but if we have more money to get the word out better across the state, across the country, because when people come, they go, oh, I had relative and friend come from New Jersey last year, and we went tanking down the Loop River. We got in a horse. Have you done tanking, Tom? I have never been tanking. What's tanking all about? <laughs> You get a horse truck, you get a horse tank, the big round galvanized horse tank, about eight, 10 feet across. You, yeah. put, you put it in the river, you get a couple of paddles, you put a cooler in the middle, 
and you launch it, quote, you launch it, and you go floating down the lazy river just for a couple hours of fun. You can jump out and go splashing because it's waist-high water, and it's just the most peaceful. You may you may go floating past some cows or horses through the wildlife. <laughs> you know, we went out to Mullen, Nebraska last year and jumped in the tank, and it was just beautiful. So there are different tanking and tubing places around wow. Nebraska, and it's just beautiful. Oh, you, you know, yeah. or look at our sandhill crane migration in the springtime. Jane Goodall comes to Nebraska to watch the cranes migrate. It's the second largest migration in the world after the the wildebeest in Africa. I've seen that migration. I've experienced the migration here in, in Nebraska. We've got beautiful, great stuff. We just got to get that word out. Nebraskans, got to ask Nebraskans, hey, share with everybody. Invite people to come here. Don't you just go to Florida or Colorado. Right. Bring your friends here. I agree with all that. I'm just not a big fan of, hey, it's not for everyone. Come to Nebraska and do tanking. Uh, come see the cranes. Right. Those type of things. Even Nebraska Nice was better, in my opinion. I, I just wasn't a big, it's not for everyone. Because I think there is something for everyone, but people don't realize that. Well, But, you know, we got to get their attention, Tom. We got to get, you know, Nebraska Nice is like, Okay, fine. So, and and Nebraska, you know why Nebraska is awesome? It's the people. I've got people who come and visit me and they go, my gosh, it's the people. The people are so kind. They're so engaging. They're, that's what happens at Husker games. Even if the Huskers lose, we're, we're friendly and warm and cordial to our competitors because we're, yeah. we're Nebraskans. We are great people. We welcome people. So that's why I take that as the slogan. Nebraska, we're great people or Nebraska, we're the good life or Nebraska nice. Uh, just not a big fan yeah. of the last slogan. But that's me. It went viral. So it all worked out, I guess. Exactly. Uh, for the fall. I, I want to go through my list of questions. Just rapid fire. OK. With John Sapo. So we get to know. John Chapo, I'm going to be your psychologist or psychiatrist here. Just get get as much out of you as I possibly can. I'm going to say something. You react to it. You got it. Uh, what's your favorite month? April. Picker. Oh, favorite word. Do you have a favorite word? Grateful. Grateful. Good one. Favorite food? Anything Mexican or chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. Lincoln's got some good uh, Mexican. Oh, we do. Well. Awesome. Uh, favorite season? I guess that would be spring if you like. I love April. springtime. Love springtime in Nebraska. What do you want to accomplish in the next 10 years? Uh, travel the country with my wonderful bride sitting on the beach, seeing the wildlife, just exploring the great national parks in the United States. You have any hidden talents, John Chapo? Uh, no. <laughs> No, I have, I have, I, I've kept, I've got a box turtle from when I was 15. Ted is still living with me 50 years later. That's, that's a hidden, you've kept a box turtle alive 50 years later. That's yeah. pretty impressive. Well, you're a zookeeper, so that's kind of cheating. Yeah. That's what you do. Uh, can you cook? Oh, I'm a great baker. Oh, oh, I, hey, people pay big money for my cookies and my, my desserts. I'm a great baker. Oh, really? You yep. make uh, chocolate chip or peanut butter cookies? I, I'm a big fan of both uh, of All of those. The probably my most famous is uh, oatmeal scotchies. Ooh, I got to try one and of those. I'll pay for it. I make a great lemon bar. Lemon I make great bread, too. Um, what never fails to make you laugh every time? <laughs> a Mel Brooks movie. Oh, man. Some of those movies couldn't be put out today, could they? No. I, I, I think some of them uh, would not make it no, today. But not you're politically right, Mel correct. Brooks. Not politically correct. Are no. you a cat or dog guy? Dog. Morning or evening guy? Morning. Salty or sweet? Sweet. What's one thing in your office that uh, would surprise people 
Oh, I'm looking around. Um, I've got a plaster cast of a chimpanzee's foot that looks like why? It's, that because the, the chimpanzee was tranquilized at the time, and I wanted a plaster cast. I want to use it as an educational tool to show that his foot looked like a hand because his big toe is like an opposable thumb. And that's why they can move and claim so much. So, so I've got all kinds of interesting natural history artifacts. I got a banana tree growing in here. I've got a little bit of everything. Yeah. You're an educational nerd, aren't you? Oh, oh, You're absolutely. Kind of a I'm, a ge I'm a great geek and a half. Yeah. And I married a geek. Yeah. My wife teaches Isn't biology for Pete's sakes. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're smart people. You're way smarter than uh, in this room. Do you believe in Bigfoot? Are you, I mean, you're, you're around animals all the time. Do you believe in like the Loch Ness monster or Bigfoot or is that could be available? I, I don't believe in them. I think there are still creatures on this planet that we've not discovered yet, but I'm having a hard time with those two. What creatures haven't we discovered that we're going to discover? You know, obviously in the deep ocean, there are still some creatures down there. Uh, there are insects that are still being identified on, a, on almost a daily basis. So, and in caves and things like that, there's just a lot of places we've not gone yet. What's the last gift you gave someone? I gave cookies last night to uh, a dear friend who just lost her husband. Oh, wow. I made, um, made, made some cookies for her and her family. What would you choose as your superpower? If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Oh, eat any food I want without getting fat. <laughs> oh, that, I've, I've had, that you're not the first one, believe it or not, that's answered that way. I love to eat. Oh, oh God, I love to eat. Yes. What's your favorite? What do you say your favorite food is? It's Mexican or chocolate. It, it, okay, Mexican or chocolate. Would you rather fly or be invisible? Fly. Wouldn't you like to know what people are saying about you and just walk behind them and be invisible for a while? No. I mean, they they all love you, but well, it no. doesn't matter. You, you yeah. know what? It's just, no, it's just, I'm hoping people are open and honest to me and they say, John, you're good, you're bad about this or that. I like that comment. Mm -hmm. I didn't like that comment. Let's talk about it. I, lo I, I love full disclosure and open and honest people. So, no, I don't want to be surreptitious that way. I can't imagine you have any enemies. Oh, pfft. Oh, sure. I'm I'm a lucky guy. Um, but yeah, there's been ups and downs in all my life, you know, but yeah. yeah. Do you have any guilty pleasures? <laughs> Besides eating? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that would be that'd be one of them. I mean, yeah. we all love to eat. Yeah, I, love to, um, I, I don't smoke. I don't drink. I'm boring. You don't drink at all. Not even socially. No, uh, just very, occasion. Very boring person. Wow. Boring is good in many cases, but you're not boring. Uh, we know that. I've, I've talked to you enough to know that. What would your autobiography be called? Oh, <laughs> it would be called, I hate to say My Wild Life because I think somebody already stole that one. Wild Life. That's that's pretty good. Um, you're, so you've been thinking about this maybe a little bit about yeah. writing a book. Would you write a book? I've, I've thought about I'm not a great writer. I, I, I would need somebody to write for me. I've got lots of things I could share. I don't know if anybody would really be interested. Oh, I would be so interested. <laughs> the a book about the children's zoo would be fantastic. It, it, would, it would be absolutely because there's so much history and there's so many wonderful people uh, that have made it all possible. You know, the founder's granddaughter. I, st I know the founder's granddaughter. She's a dear friend. She brings her granddaughter. So we're into our fifth generation of, of Folsom family who come to the zoo. What would the zoo animals say about John Chapo? Um, <laughs> keep out there working so we can keep eating. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you would go there, but that's a good answer. What's more important in your life, money or love? Oh, love. If you got love, you're the richest man in the world. Yeah, no, money can't buy. You gotta love. have a little money. 
and, and yeah, but you know, I married a beautiful woman who I love very much. Is she's my best friend, and it's it's not, it's not about money. We we don't do what we do for money, and we don't do elaborate things. And you know, no. If you've got, yeah. if you've got love, you've got the whole world. Have you ever had a nickname? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I was I was Turtle John. I, I my Hungarian nickname. I'm 100 percent Hungarian, and my grandparents used to call me Yanchi Bachi. Yanchi Bachi means John, my good friend, uh, or okay. Jan, Janusz is a slang for for John. I was um, my grandmothers used to call me John John. And it was really upset when they were very upset when President Kennedy called his son John John because they had a John John before the Kennedys had a John John. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I like Turtle. Was it Turtle Boy or Turtle, Turtle Man? Tur Turtle John. Turtle John. Turtle okay. John. Yeah. I like that one a lot. Uh, from one to ten, how lucky are you? <laughs> Twenty-five. Why do you say that? Uh, you know how blessed I've been. I, I I left my last zoo on not the best circumstances. You know. And I was one at a zoo gig and I went to Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm going, I was very scared because none of my family had ever left South Bend. I was just doing this adventure by myself. My God, I came here, fell in love with the zoo, fell in love with the community, fell in love with my best friend, three awesome sons. I'm really damn lucky. You really are. So at 64, some would say you're really young. <laughs> Why are you retiring? Why are you Why are you doing this? You're young. I I I'm I'm a lucky man. You're absolutely right. You know I'm a healthy guy at, at my age, having a lot of fun. Um, but I want other smart, lucky people to have fun, okay, and keep great things happening. It's okay. Like I said earlier, it's okay to let go. We miss you. We miss you already. We don't want you to go. I'm I, uh, I'm staying in Lincoln. I'm staying to Lincoln. You'll see me walking around the streets or at the gym or whatever, at the coffee mill, you know, having coffee. Right. How do you want to be remembered? Um, he cared. You know, yeah. put it on my tombstone that says he cared. You know, I want to be remembered as a guy who maybe did something good for somebody. Well, you certainly did that. So. Um it's been fun. I've known you since the 90s, probably. I've been having on you on our radio oh, yeah. show, wherever I was. With Long Mickard, time. Mick and Peel, or on B107, 1,500 radio stations yep. I worked at. You were always willing to come by, bring an animal, share a story, and promote the zoo. And I just want to thank you for that. Oh, it's like I said, I'm a lucky guy who's had a lot of fun, who's met a lot of great people, just like you. I got to you know, I got to be on the radio with really famous people. You know, that was really, really cool. Okay. Yeah. And and promote the zoo at the same time and have fun. And it's, it's people like you, Tom, who've made it easy for me. I was not a radio person, a public speaker, a fundraiser, any of that. I was a guy who scooped poop. Okay. I mean, <laughs> who got licked, kicked, nipped, you name it. I was a guy who was in the trenches at the zoo working weird hours. But then I came here and some nice people said, hey, come talk to me. Let's talk. Let's visit. And they welcomed me. And, and that's what Lincoln's been about. It's been, I've been welcomed all these years. Welcomed by wonderful people like you. And when you're welcomed yeah. by people, it's like, gosh, this is really cool. 
I need I need to yeah. I need to also welcome people. So we've had lots of fun. I'm a lucky, lucky guy. And like I said, I'm just, you know, I'm grateful. I'm lucky many, many times yeah. over. Yep. Well, I hope we see you around. Don't disappear on us. Uh, keep <laughs> showing up. I, I'd like to go through the turnstiles at the Children's Zoo at Boo at the Zoo and still see the wizard in 10 years. You never know where I might pop up. <laughs> thank you, John. Tom, it's been wonderful. It's been a blast. It's been a wild ride. I want to thank you. And you, you have an awesome day. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of Nebraska Gems.